The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and there's only one game left. The Super Bowl is set. Oh, my goodness. Two weeks from now, we will be recording a Super Bowl recap podcast. We won't be in Tampa, but Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes will be, and one of them will come away with a, uh, I don't think it's fair to say, I don't know if it's a career-altering Super Bowl, but there's some legacy there. It's a very exciting game. Buccaneers and Chiefs is the matchup. This is the Conference Championship Recap Podcast. Joining me to break uh, it all down, the Super Friends, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? Something to remember about the Super Bowl in terms of being legacy-defining. Mahomes wins. It's 6-2 to two versus Tom Brady. If Brady wins, it's 7-1, to one, and that's basically insurmountable, it feels like. That's a, that's a great point. Joe Musso made that point. I'm stealing it, but I thought it was a good point that he made. You got to be better at stealing points. Don't give. Wait, what's six to two versus seven to one? The Super Bowl wins that each quarterback will have after. If it's six to two, you feel like you're in it. Six six to two, you feel like Mahomes can walk down Brady not easily, but like you're you're in it. That's I mean that's you know seven to one is like you know what it feels like. It feels like Tiger Woods when he was five back from Jack. And then, you know, just don't go crazy with the personal life stuff and you'll be right, you'll be right, right in the mix. Right. So basically, I'm the Mahomes of the podcast. Wilson's the Brady and Brinson, you're the Romo. <laughs> you keep it all in, you know, I don't even know what he's, what he's talking about. You're the next wait, wait, I don't understand what you mean by that. Oh, I'm, I was saying Wilson's old. That's where I was going with that. Oh, why am I the Romo? You're, you're, the, you're the middle between yeah. the two of us. You're announcing it. Uh, okay, I thought you were saying because I, I haven't won anything. everything correctly, like Romo did on the in I week twelve. That because Tony Romo never won anything, that that's me. Oh no! Because if you were bad mouthing Tony Romo on a recorded podcast, I'd be forwarding that along to the. <laughs> oh yeah, it's about- why would you even spin it like that? I didn't know. I was insinuating that Romo was brilliant at predicting things, and that he predicted a Buccaneers Chiefs Super Bowl on November 29th. That is where that was going. I have to be very clear with my points. Good job, yes, directing team to get that up on the um, <laughs> on the broadcast. Uh, I wonder if they'll maybe they'll play the audio of Breach bashing Tony Romo next week or two weeks on the Super Bowl. Anyway, uh, let's. Uh, it was a. Uh, I don't know. Was it a was it a good day of football? The first game was fantastic. Yeah, football action. There's. I can't say it enough. And here's my new saying. If you have any questions as a coach about what you should do, game management, timeouts, kicking field goals, ask yourself this one question. What would Andy Reid do? And if you're saying to yourself, but he has Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid does it with Chad Henney. Fourth down, game on the line. He rolls Chad Henney out, completes the pass, Tyreek Hill, game over. Don't kick field goals. Don't punt. Go for it. I mean, the, the, some of the, the, I think that Matt LaFleur decision to kick a field goal 
late in the game on fourth and eight, you can talk about the three plays before, whether those are good plays or not. That is a fireable offense. That is, I don't know if it's more egregious. I think it might be more egregious than Tom, Tomlin punting on fourth and one from the 46. It's close. The different circumstances is AFC championship game, uh, the AFC championship game. That's why it's more egregious for me, Breach. But both are insanely terrible decisions, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers. It's not like you have Chad Henney. You had Aaron Rodgers right there. You're trailing by eight, I think with 4.06 to go, maybe two minutes to go. Let me double-check the, the exact time. And you kicked a field goal. My favorite part is after the game, they asked Aaron Rodgers. He said, that wasn't my decision, which basically is like Matt LaFleur. If I if I had more time, I would have gone over there and, and you know. That's uh... about the head. That's as far as you can go throwing your head coach under the bus without directly throwing them under the bus. Yeah. Uh, Is there any justification for that? Yeah. With two minutes and nine seconds remaining to cut the score to 31-26. That was the final score of the game. The Buccaneers would run out the clock and advance to the NFC or advance to the Super Bowl and win the NFC championship, uh, which means, by the way, Tom Brady has the same number of NFC championship titles as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Also, um, Aaron Rodgers and Rex Grossman, oh. same number of Super Bowl appearances. I think we know what that means. <laughs> By the way, I bet there's a decent chance we could get Dickie V on the podcast in the next two weeks because he's a huge Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Is there any justification for kicking a field goal there? Like, just give me – tell me something. So, that makes sense. All right. Here, let me – yeah. we're trying to talk through this. And, okay. well <laughs> – it's, it's weird. So like, I don't think any rational football fan, and I, I think that, uh, AF Pierce made a point, a good point in the, in the Twitch chat. And if you want, by the way, uh, we, we do lots of these live Twitch, live shows. We record the podcast live, recapping these. We'll do the same thing after the Super Bowl, of course. So you can, you can watch us record the podcast live on Twitch. You can watch it on YouTube. You can rewatch it on YouTube. And if you want to watch it with us, you can jump into the chat and interact with us. Um, but the, like, what do what if you're what do Bucks fans want you to do or not want you to do? And the that's, answer is that's the, the flip side of what would Andy Reid do? Oh my God, he's kicking! Yes, are you kidding me? We get a five point lead and Brady has the ball and we get to like go run out the clock. Absolutely, give it to us all day. We're taking Aaron Rodgers off the field for uh, Mason Crosby. Now, having said that. Breach and I were going through it and like the, the win probability added by going for it would have been, um, one, been on average, but this is Aaron Rodgers. This isn't some rando quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the problem is you have to get, you have to get a fourth and you have to convert fourth and eight for a touchdown and then you have to convert a two point conversion. Great. You're giving yourself a chance. Kicking a field goal. You say I give up. Against, so right, on average, maybe the, the win probability is exactly as you say it is. I have no reason to doubt it. But you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. All right. And, and Tom Brady. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers, who had just gained zero yards on three straight plays from the eight yard line, who, who the prior time he was inside the 10, uh, gained zero yards on three straight plays. Well, the from first the, down, from the six yard line, the first, first six down, yard line, and the first, first half down breach, Alan Lazar didn't look, turn around. The ball hit him, almost hit him in the head. Number one, on the third down, Aaron Rodgers could have moonwalked into the end zone. For some reason, he didn't run it. He said he, he the play was called. He wanted to pass it. So it's not like that. This is suddenly Aaron Rodgers is not an MVP. This is that. This is where my timeout comes in, and this is that is the most interesting. I, I nobody asked Aaron Rodgers this, and I would love to know the answer to the question. 
did Aaron Rodgers know what the plan was on fourth down? You think if, if Aaron Rodgers? Well, hold on a second. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I do agree with that. If if Aaron Rodgers thought they were kicking the field goal, then he's going for the touchdown. If you know, because he's like, we have to score here. Getting two yards isn't going to help me. That's why you don't run the ball. If Aaron Rodgers thinks they might go for it, then you take off. I mean, look, he's 37 years old. There's no guarantee he's scoring on that play or even getting to the one yard line. I mean, he might have gotten run down at like three or four. He's gaining yardage. There's no doubt about that. They, they were right. at the eight yard line, but he wasn't even at the line of scrimmage yet. So he's really at like the nine or 10. Someone's probably running him down after about seven yards. That's 21 feet. Old quarterback. So let's say he gets tackled at the three. If you if you know you're going for it on fourth down, you feel comfortable running the ball because you know you're going for it. And so I would like to know if Aaron Rodgers knew what the decision was on fourth down going into third down because most coaches would already have that figured out. Um, but it, it doesn't seem like Rodgers – knew what they were going to do because he was clearly upset about the fact they kicked the field goal. <laughs> well, the other – that's a great point, Breach. The other question I would have is, did Matt LaFleur know what he was going to do? Like, there's, did no, they, there's no excuse for not knowing if you're Matt LaFleur. None. I, I'm saying – I mean – Like, in I, his head, was he thinking, well, if we, get, if we get inside the five, I'm going to go for it, but if we don't, I'm going to kick the field goal. Like, was right. he thinking something along those lines? Because it was like mixed messaging, at least with the announcing coverage. I feel like they're like, well, you know, you got to go. And it was like, oh, they're bringing the field goal team out here. All right. It's like, and I was like doing the math in my head. I was like, well, why would you? I was like, am I, am I an idiot? Am I missing something here? Why would they kick it to go down five? Now, the argument is that if you, so like, if you get, if you get to the point where you're down five, and you have three timeouts and you that's have a two-minute warning. That's, what, that's the point you're at. What's that? I said if you get to the point where you're down five, I, I said you still have to score a touchdown. That's where you're at. Yeah, but a touchdown wins. Like overtime is – Did they get the ball back with two minutes to go? I mean, they should have gotten the ball back. They didn't. They had it at the eight, and they didn't. They decided to kick a field goal. And here's the flip side of that. You know, you talk about what does the other fan base want you to do. What about at the end of the first half where it's like, oh, they could try a 51-yard field goal, and Bruce Aarons is like, forget that. We're going to throw a bomb to Scotty Miller on whatever it was with six seconds to go, 39-yard touchdown. I mean, that's that's what you want to happen. Yeah, I mean, no, I, no, no, well, that's a little different because it wasn't. It was going to be a punt. It was fourth and four from the Packers 45. Even better. Now, hold on. And it seemed like Brady kind of – played a part in that decision where Aaron sent out the punt team. They were planning to punt and Brady's like, no, we can get this. And if we don't, you know, I'm a smart quarterback. There was only 13 seconds left. He's like, I'll make sure six or seven seconds run off. So the Packers would maybe have time for a Hail Mary. Granted, Aaron Rodgers is the best Hail Mary thrower in the game, but still it doesn't hurt you to go for it. And so that is the thinking that LaFleur didn't do there with Rodgers. And you know what? Honestly, as horrible as it sounds, because you don't want to waste a timeout in that situation, but fourth and goal with the game on the line is not a horrible time to call a timeout and say, maybe we should rethink this and not kick this. Like, this is it. This is the game. So there's no reason to not take a timeout. And if you do, you still have two timeouts and a two-minute warning. So it's not like the game's over if you don't convert the fourth down. Uh, but with a game on the line like that, I would have at least thought about t- – I- Why not? Insane. Why not call a timeout? So there were, I don't think the, the Packers, look, I, I don't think anybody would say that there's not going to be many people who would agree with Matt LaFleur's decision. I'm sort of just playing devil's advocate here and trying to. Aaron Rodgers doesn't agree with it. Yeah. Um, the, the Packers didn't lose the game because they kicked there. 
they lost the game for a number of different reasons, including a, a terrible Aaron Jones fumble, um, giving up Kevin King. Oh my God. You Sullivan. can't have much worse day the office than Kevin King did. Sullivan Horrible did. coverage on Mike Evans on the first touchdown. Jump, embarrassing jump. Horrible. And Murphy Bunting tearing Miller. off Alan Lazard's jersey on the interception. And it pulled Alan, Alan, uh, what's that? The interception by Sean Murphy Bunting to set up the, the touchdown. Um, what is set up? It's set up a touchdown, I think, right? That's with Kevin King. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's play. right. But the Aaron Jones, I, I'm not blaming Aaron Jones for that. I, I'm, that's part of that's the issue. Yeah, of course. They scored a touchdown. I think it was came a great touchdown, but they also had three Brady interceptions. They got them six points. They punted on the last two interceptions. They got a touchdown on the first one, didn't, didn't convert. If Tom Brady gives you three interceptions in one quarter of football in the postseason, you can't come away with six points. That was an issue. They had some drops. Although and they went three and out on the second two. So it wasn't even like they didn't do anything. You didn't even get a first down so you could get better field position, put the Buccaneers in worse field position. You just went three and out. Aaron Rodgers was not sacked last week. I don't believe he was sacked five times on Sunday. That's a ton. So he was running for his life. And, you know, Breach talked about him being an old man. And while he's spry for 37, he's still 37. So there, there were a ton of issues. And I think I finally bought into the fact that they can just win with Devontae Adams. They need another receiver. I mean, you have another receiver out there. Just Lazard's not reliable. St. Brown dropped the ball, the two point conversion. I know the ball was tipped. You have to catch that ball. Yeah. Aaron Jones was sidelined. So he's not. I think was really good today. Great. You need another, a legit number two. He's not a number two. Look, I mean, I think that the draft day takes, and I mean, I tweeted at one point during the season when AJ Dillon was going off that like it was a bad night for the draft haters. Um, <laughs> and you know, we, it's not fair to just obliterate the Packers for their draft decisions. No, I agree with that. You're right. Like several months later, because you know, for all we like people did that with Aaron Rodgers, you know, people complain that they drafted Aaron Rodgers. However, the fact that they didn't have any real meaningful impact guys playing snaps. Like two guys from their draft class played snaps in the NFC Championship game. That's it. I mean, that's a problem. Like, there are rookies out here. Justin Jefferson, I know he went before the Packers pick, but still. Justin Jefferson made a massive impact as a rookie. Um, You know, a lot of these wide receivers. Chase Claypool was there. Chase Claypool was there. There, there were these, this rookie class was really good and made it made a meaningful impact from T. Day Higgins five. was there. Would you rather have T. Higgins or Jordan Love for this season? I mean, yeah. Now again, look like that might be meaningless. You know, five years from now, and we might be like, imagine. Remember, you know, Wilson suggested T. Higgins over Jordan Love. Yeah, five years from now, Aaron Rodgers ain't gonna be playing. Right. I mean, you know, I think that and again, like we go back and we talked about this with the, you know, with the Roger stuff. Do we talk about this with the Roger stuff? I can't remember who I was talking to about. Maybe it was I was talking to Andy and, and Drew on the deep dive podcast about it, but like the, 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 there's no congruent, coherent plan for the Packers as it related to Aaron Rodgers contract. And, and Joel Corey wrote about this for CBSports.com. People should go read it and check it out. He wrote it several months ago, but like basically. You know, the Packers redid Aaron Rodgers' extension last offseason in order to free up some salary cap space. And because of that, they sort of jammed themselves in a corner next year with his dead money if they want to move on from him. And then they drafted Jordan Love. And now they're like talking, like Aaron Rodgers says he's, he's, you know, his future's uncertain and all that. It's like, how would you possibly move on from this guy after he has an MVP season and you go to the NFC title game two years in a row? 
Well, now, real quick, Matt LaFour said, no, we absolutely want him back. The it's whole, not Matt LaFour. Well, I, the whole storyline about Rogers not coming back is because of Rogers, the way he carried himself, his body right. language. He didn't, like, directly say that. It felt uh, very passive-aggressive, like what he was saying. Very, and he's very good at passive-aggressive, at getting his message across, and that's how you have to feel. And I think uh Florio noted that he compared Rogers' comments after last year's NFC title loss to this year's NFC title loss. And that's where things really get interesting because the Packers got blown out last year. They, they That was not a game they were going to win. Nobody really? thought they were against the 49ers. That, that just it was not a game they were ever really in. And afterwards, Rodgers said, hey, football got fun again. I'm actually enjoying myself out there. I'm excited about the future. And now this is a game they absolutely could have won, and it's the reverse. He's saying, I, I don't know about my future in Green Bay. I'm and he gutted. played – out of his mind, he played his mind. so much better than Tom Brady, and he got kicked in the nuts, basically. And and it does feel like this is uh he's indicting the front office. Hey, I need a little bit more help. The coaching staff. Hey, let's not call for field goals on fourth and goal when we're down eight. It, it, it just sounded like in his passive aggressive way that he was just kind of throwing people under the bus and saying there's a few things that need to change. You know, I had an MVP year. I just played a fantastic game, and we still lost because there's there's a couple holes that need to be filled. And before we go on, it's worth noting, Mike Patton maybe had the toughest day of all, the, the Packers defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, yeah, bad day for him. No, Kevin King had the worst day. Well, I mean, I would imagine that he's the one who called the play to have Kevin King playing single coverage 40 yards behind Scotty Miller on that. I mean, Kevin King got smoked by Mike Evans. He got smoked by Scotty Miller. Like, if you move somebody off Mike Evans down to Scotty Miller, you're hoping that the former number, the first overall pick in the second round can step up and do something. But if you're Mike Benton, you also say, hey, Matt, why are you – look, the Buccaneers scored – Two touchdowns off of turnovers. Like that's not Mike Pettin's fault. Well, like, I mean, Mike, Mike, Mike Pettin, Kevin King had a horrible game, and that's not Mike Pettin's not putting the personnel on the field. And I know there's a lot we can complain a lot about Mike Pettin, but I think it's tough to blame the game on him. It's not he has Kevin King to work with. That's you know that's the entire game didn't put somebody else better on the roster. Not blaming the entire game on him, but he, he didn't I mean, look. He didn't. You can't. You can't, you know, Breach, we talked about this. You cannot give up the, the touchdown pass to Scotty Miller at the end of the half there. That is unacceptable. That's Greg Williams right level. That's the fireable offense from the game, but otherwise. Cause I mean, that, that play was so bad. Tony Dungy tweeted out. He said, I've never seen a worse play call. Well, Tony Dungy was mad because Tom Brady was winning. <laughs> that's true. But then that's also, true. you know, to start the second half after the Aaron Jones fumble, the Buccaneers <laughs> literally, literally had an eight yard touchdown drive. Like there's nothing you can do about an eight yard touchdown drive because the offense fumbled. I know. So. By the way, Tony Dungy turns into breach when it comes to Tom Brady, like breach on, on the Steelers. That's Tony Dungy on, on Tom Brady. I mean, so yeah, I mean, look, the Buccaneers came, you know, I thought that the, and I probably should have jumped on the Bucks live early on when I saw how it was sort of going because it did feel like the Bucks came out and did what I thought the Packers would do. Yeah. Bucks came out and had that nine play, 66 yard drive, touchdown, moving the ball at will. Brady looked so sharp early. He was, he was, the first half was typical playoff Brady. And like his, I didn't think his teammates were helping him out. And frankly, I thought the, Buccaneers coaching staff did an awful job in this game in terms of um how they handled the play calling situation. I mean they were, they were you knew the Packers were going to stack the box and they just kept like it's like first and second down run Leonard Fournette 
Fredette had a horrible drop on the second down, I think. Uh, Brady, Brady. One time he had, the sun was literally in his eye. I think that was the only time you could say the sun was in his eye. The second one, the second drive. Okay. Um, and, and then the, you know, the Packers have five plays, 10 yards, excuse me, one first down on their, on, on their first possession. And then they punt and it was like, Oh man, like this could get, it felt like it could get out of hand fast. Green Bay eventually answered with that long, uh, under, slightly underthrown touchdown pass to Marcus Valdez Scantling. He broke off for 50 yards and a score. And then, you know, uh, Bra- then Leonard Fournette had that fantastic run to make it 14-7. The Bucks kick a short field, a 24-yard field goal. I mean, what you we know, 14-10. And so it's 14-10, and the Buccaneers are driving. And they were going to punt, as we point out. They decide to go for it. They get the first down. And then they just go up top to Scotty Miller, which is just the ballsiest play on the planet. I mean, that was a no-risk-it-no-biscuit move by Bruce Arians. All of a sudden, it's 21-10 going into halftime. And, you know, as we point, as Breach points out, Aaron Jones fumbles, camera break touchdown, and it's 28-10. And, and that, that's when it felt like ball game. Now, the Packers did get back in it, obviously, but those two scores at the beginning of the, at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half, and it completely changed everything. It was going to be 14-10 going into half, maybe worst case 17-10. And all of a sudden it's 28-10 and Aaron Rodgers hadn't touched the ball. Yep. Uh, no argument here. And by the way, if you go for it in fourth and eight and you don't get it, they have the ball to eight. You're not kicking off and then. All right. But using that logic, you kick the field goal and you kick off and they took over at the 17. So they lost nine yards of field position and gained three points. The dude the and they lost five. screwed up in the worst possible way. He comes running out. And he dives down. Like just get you have to get that clock to the two minute warning. I don't know. Well, and all, Ryan, all I'm saying, and and this is not defending Lafleur. I like I literally text a friend. Is this the worst coaching decision in a, a conference title game that we've ever seen? I mean, but the more I thought about it, the less crazy it got. I still don't think he should have kicked the field goal. But when you're Matt Lafleur, you're thinking about this. You you have three options. You either you go for it. Or three things can happen. So you're either going to go for it and you don't get it. You go for it, you get the touchdown, or you kick the field goal. So if you go for it and get the touchdown, you still have to get the two-point conversion. So none of those are mm-hmm. gimmies. That, that, uh, the, the touchdown's low percentage. The touchdown and the two-point conversion is even lower percentage. And so if you're playing the long game, you're Matt Florida thinking, You don't have right. time. You have two minutes to go, and you still need the touchdown. And if you get the touchdown without the two, you still need a field goal. If you get the touchdown without the two, you still have to get a field goal to win. Yeah, that's right. But guess so, what? You're right there at the eight yard line. Make yeah, a field goal. That's a touchdown and a field goal, which he's is exactly- thinking, he's thinking we, we are going to have to make, if, if, if we do not get this, Buccaneers take the ball at the eight. We have to stop Tom Brady. If we get a touchdown, we have to kick off and we have to stop Tom Brady. If we, kick the field goal, we have to stop. They had to get a stop no matter what. That's no, they didn't. They had, yes, they they scored, if they score a touchdown and get the two point conversion. Well, yeah, stop Tom Brady. Then they have to get a stop because it's a tie game and Tom Brady has the ball with two minutes left and three timeouts. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. I, here's my issue is this. Would you rather be tied with two minutes to go and Tom Brady has the ball or down by, uh, yeah, but there's like a 5% chance of that happening. I bet it's more than that. And you have Aaron Rodgers. It's not like you have right. had Henny. To, to reach his point, he is correct in that you have to get, uh, you, you either have to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, 
a touchdown and a field goal. Yeah, we know that. No one disputes that. You have to get a stop. Like you have to get a, I mean, you're going to have to get a stop at some point. I, again, I'm not defending it. My issue with it is that it's a loser call. There's no other way around it. That's, that's, that's my issue with it is that you are saying to your MVP winning quarterback, we're going to trust Mike Patton's defense. <laughs> exactly. Year two four been carved up by Tom Brady, the single greatest quarterback in the history of professional football, maybe the greatest athlete of all time. Um, to we're going to trust Mike Pettin to get a stop against Tom Brady instead of trusting you to com- to convert eight yards. And and Brenton, that that is the end point here because I think statistically that the field goal versus going for a touchdown that you might not get. We talked about that, how it didn't change your chances of winning that much. But what Aaron Rodgers is going to perceive this is and why he – half the reason he's probably so mad, obviously he lost a close game. But because of the way this played out, he reads this as this play call was, do you trust your offense more or do you trust your defense more? Do you trust your offense with your MVP quarterback? And Wilson, I know what you're saying. It's not Chad Henney, it's Aaron Rodgers. And that's how Aaron Rodgers is going to perceive this going into the offseason. He picked Mike Pettin's defense over me who's going to win MVP. I had a career year. When you tried to replace me by drafting a first-round quarterback, I carried you guys this far. I've thrown for nearly 350 yards in this game, and you are going to pick Mike Pettin's defense over letting me have a play? He has every right to be livid. I mean, I was livid watching it. Like, I, what are you doing? You you worked for September till, what's today? The 25th now, January 24th, and the most important play of the season, yeah, we'll kick field goal. Go down by five. Yeah, I mean, again, like I think the only, I mean, there's the no. Only, the only argument is that if you if you have to get the stop anyway, how far did the Bucks get? They didn't get very far. I mean, I know they're running the clock out, but the point is, if they're down at the twenty yard line, you got a you got a better chance than just tie the game. Well, they, they, were, the goal. they were at the twenty. What are you talking about? After the field goal, the Bucks' next possession started at the seventeen. Yeah, my point is they didn't score. I said they were trying to run the clock out, but at least have an opportunity to give Aaron Rodgers a chance to score a touchdown, kick it off, and see what the defense can do, as opposed to let's kick a field goal and, and rely on Mike Pettin to, to not let them get 10 yards. Because what's happening is – They were 45 yards on that time. You know what's crazy? Is that yards. It was third and four. That's right. And, that's and if, the, if, the, if the Packers get the stop there and all of a sudden they get the ball back – and then it's like, all right, Rodgers has the ball. It's like, Matt LaFleur out full. Like, I thought I saw it's amazing. Exactly. And then that oh. was when the refs decided to throw a flag that, yes, was it was definitely a holding call, but based on how they called the game, yeah. it was an interesting play. I, I, Here's I, an idea, Kevin King. It was Kevin King again, right? Oh, yeah. Don't pull, don't pull Tyler Johnson's undershirt. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, you had to throw the flag. His, I mean, you know, the, the shirt stretched out like a foot and a half. It was. It was very frustrating to see the Packers get a flag. I mean, the, the Bucks get a flag there that came in super late after, you know, 58 minutes or whatever, 59 minutes of letting them play. And they let them play in this game. Yeah. They I mean, they had a huge advantage because their corners are way more physical. They were way more aggressive in terms of how they played defense. They were grabbing Packers receivers. Uh, there were multiple spots. Where you, you know, you thought there could have been a flag on the Bucks defenders that would have given the Packers, um, you know, a first down, 15 yards, ball in the one, depending on, you know, because there were some in the end zone and they just didn't throw any flags. And I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like let them play. It's the playoffs. That's fine. But it just sucks when if you're a Packers fan and you see 
all of that, and then that well, guy come in late. I'm fine with him calling it. Like the like Breach mentioned, the, the I am too. But I'm saying Murphy, the Murphy Bunning interception was a fi- was a was a penalty. They didn't call it. Right, but that's a game changing interception. Like it should be. Well, you just said you're fine with letting him play. I'm saying call that. I mean, call that. Call the Kevin King one to the end. Right. That's that's my issue. Is that there's no, it wasn't consistent. Well, yeah, that means that's yeah. the problem. Sure. You got to be if you're gonna if you're gonna make these calls, you got to be consistent. So. Um, I, if I, if, if you're a Packers fan, yeah, you could be upset about that last call, that last flag coming in late. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you made too many mistakes and you, but the physical mistakes are annoying. That was a deliberate play call by Matt LaFleur that is unacceptable. Like I know I, you guys are trying to play devil's advocate, but at the end of the day, yeah. you would both be livid if you were Packers fans. Breeze, if you're a Bengals fan and Marvin Lewis calls that timeout, to go to the Super Bowl, I would imagine you're not you're not him and hawing. It's okay. No, I, I think that if you're even thinking about a field goal, I already said it. You need to call a timeout and re- recalibrate. You still have right. two timeouts. You have the two minute warning. It, it, your season is on the line. If you have one timeout, I understand why you don't use it because you need to protect it because Tampa's going to get the ball back eventually, and you would need to save time. But you have all three timeouts plus the two minute warning. I maybe would have used one there to yeah. uh, think this one over. Yep. I will say the, the smart move they did the. Uh, the intentional offsides there on the on second down and one. I'm surprised that BA didn't decline it because he could have declined it. Yeah, but if you decline it, they just go offsides again, right? Well, the, but there's a rule where you can't keep doing it because the Steelers kept going offsides on the, on a on an extra point or field goal kick against the Chargers a few years ago, and they they can actually call a penalty for unsportsmanlike or something like that. that. Yeah, it's like 15 yards. So it's the same thing as the Adam Gase, Belichick, Vrabel stuff. Um, you guys you guys want a fun fact real quick? Of course, always. Uh, the last time a team won, <laughs> last time a team won in the championship round when their quarterback threw three interceptions was against the Packers. So the Packers have the only two losses yeah. over the past 10 years. Who's the uh, last one? Russell Wilson against the Seahawks. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they uh, have their last, yeah, that's ugly. So Rodgers is also one and eight now. Wow. When trailing at halftime. In the playoffs. Not great. Not great. By the way, Ryan DB is mad on the YouTube chat because I called Brady the greatest athlete of all time. Nothing athletic about Brady. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> what? Really? He's 43, dude. That's He's not winning the football. It's unbelievable that he's out there at 43. Um, I had one more point I was going to make about this game. What was it? Then you got to get a break. Yep, we're going to get a break. I guess I could think of it while we're on break, but it was something else that they did that was a mistake, and I can't think of it now. Oh, well. To the Packers? Yeah. Something in the first half. Oh, no, I know what it was. Um, it wasn't a mistake. <laughs> the Buccaneers' third down conversions in the first quarter, that was insane. Tom Brady, so they got their first, I think they were seven of eight, to start the game on third downs, which is just wild. And they were all, like, only two of them were under five. So they're all, like, long third downs. Tom Brady at one point in the second quarter was six of six for 70 yards and a touchdown on third down. That is wild. They were converting third and 14, third and 13, third and 12. Six of six for 141 yards Mm. and a touchdown. Well, I'm short. How did I get that short? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I had the, yeah, I mean, that was a third and 13, a third and 10, two third and nines, a third and seven, a third and four. But I mean, really, 
four conversions over nine yards. It's, I mean, that's, that is, I'm not saying, I mean, it was kind of lucky. They made some good plays. They got some breaks, but I mean, like that was kind of the difference in the game early on. You know, I think that game could have stayed, could have started way under early. And the pack, you know, if the Packers get a stop on a third down at some point early in that game, maybe they, they get the ball back and take it down the field. I, I do think Wilson's point about the defense, give them credit. They came out like they had just, they had juice to them and you could see it and they were flying. Yeah, maybe. What's that? Vita VA being back was huge. Yeah, made a big difference. Um, he's a big time player. Uh, um, before we go to break, Prisco has tweeted, Packers train Rodgers is downright foolish talk. What in the hell? Why? He's going to be MVP. He was outstanding this year. You don't trade that away. It's so. a very Pete thing to tweet. He's up by himself. The cat in his lap. He lost Rodgers. Cat in his lap. Is that what he said? That's funny. Yeah. I mean, who knows what he's doing with that cat. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the AFC Championship game. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. So the Buffalo Bills ran into a wall. <laughs> they got Mahomes and they got blasted. Yeah, crash test dummied. They got crash test dummied indeed. Uh, they lost 38 to 24, and that score is not really indicative of, of how close the game was, uh, because Buffalo tacked on some cheap points and screwed my second half under late in this game. Uh, they had two score, they scored 10 points, no, excuse me, nine points because they missed the two point conversion. Um, they were down 38 15 with 741 to go, um, after Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. This was, I mean, honestly, this was, you know, the Bills came out and scored 10 points, nine points nine. just to start the game. Tyler Bass missed an extra point. They got a nine nothing lead. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes just did Patrick Mahomes stuff in the second quarter. It was bang, bang, bang. Do you blink your eyes? You look up and the Chiefs are suddenly leading 21 nine and it felt casual. It didn't feel like there was any effort at all required by Kansas City. 
And like Miko Hartman threw the ball basically in the end zone and no one on the Chiefs cared. Like, eh, it's fine. Been there before. And that's when they went up nine, nothing. The Bills scored the first nine points, the last nine points in between. They got rocked 38 to six. It was, it was a really impressive effort by the Chiefs. But I mean, to, to your point. So the last three postseason games coming into this game for, uh, the Chiefs, they were down 24 to nothing. <laughs> To the, to Seattle, uh, to the Texans in the second quarter. They won that game, of course. 10 nothing to breach his title. Oh, they were down to the Texans? I thought Deshaun Watson was terrible and couldn't possibly make the playoffs. Yeah, that's he game. lost by 20 points in the playoffs, Brent. He was up by 24. Patrick Mahomes, the same quarterback we've been talking about. Mahomes didn't, wasn't on the field because, uh, the Chiefs fumbled twice, had a blocked punt return for a touchdown. Are you really, is that, this wants to be the hill you die on? Is this- in the AFC Championship game last year, they they were down 10 nothing to breach his Titans. They won that, of course. In the Super Bowl, they were down 20 to 10 midway through the fourth quarter. Then, of course, nine nothing on Sunday. And at no point, I think Josh Allen, we just talked about the Texans and how they melted against uh, the Chiefs last year. Josh Allen looked like he thought he was playing the, the Texans in that playoff game last year too, where he self-immolated. So I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Coming into this game, when Josh Allen was rushed by five or more players, he ranked first in passing yards, first in touchdowns, and he had no answers for the blitz for the, from the Chiefs. He said he, he actually admitted after the game that he was confused a lot about what they were doing, and it, and it showed. Uh, he took four sacks. One sack was an 18-yard loss. One sack was a 15-yard loss. Two other sacks totaled 20 yards. It seemed like he got confused, and his initial reaction was not to throw the ball away. It was to back up. And then he gets sacked or either have to have to break free and try to scramble for one or two yards. I think he led the the Bills with 88 rushing yards, which is not unusual in that he led the team. It is a lot of rushing yards for for Josh Allen, but he looked nothing like the guy that a lot of us, myself included, thought played like one B MVP candidate over the final month of the year. Uh I would also say I was a little kind of surprised at Sean McDermott's coaching style i thought he was a little t- so first very first opening possession you have buffalo they have the ball fourth and one at the chiefs 48 yard line maybe a punt some teams punt in that situation mcdermott's saying nope we're playing the chiefs we need to go for it we need to be fourth and short we need to go for it so they do and they get it and they run a, a beautiful play where josh allen had like 17 options end up throwing it to dawson knox uh for like an eight yard gain and, and that converted the fourth and one so all of a sudden you have fourth and three at the Chiefs 33 and you decide to try a 51 yard field, which is fine because they hit it, but you already kind of showed you were in that I'm going to go for it on fourth and short mindset because you need touchdowns to beat the Chiefs. Like you literally, I'm the number one advocate for kickers. You shouldn't even bring your kicker to the game when you are playing the Chiefs. Uh, so they kick that field goal and then right before halftime, they get down to the two yard line. You were down 21 to nine. The Chiefs are putting up points left and right. You have a fourth and goal from the two. This, the Chiefs aren't getting points. If you don't get this, they're kneeling it. They're going to halftime. It doesn't matter. You got to try and go for the touchdown there. And guess who gets the ball to start the half? The, the Chiefs. Chiefs. To put more points on the board. And then, you know what they did? They are trailing, what, 24 to 12. The Bills, right after the Chiefs scored to open up the second half, the Bills drive down the Kansas City Territory. <laughs> they get to the Chiefs' eight-yard line. The eight-yard line. 
Fourth and three, what do they do? They kick the field goal. So now you blew it. You kick the field goal from the Chiefs two. You kick the field goal from the Chiefs eight on fourth and three or shorter. And you kick the 51-yard field goal on a fourth and three or shorter. Like, either need to be aggressive or don't be aggressive. You can't walk that line when you're playing the Chiefs. You have to score points because they're going to beat you. They're going to put up in the 30s, and you have to be able to match that. And, and McDermott wasn't coaching to match that. I think what ha- – I, I don't know, but I'm thinking – the probably during the week, and a lot of coaches probably say this, we're going to be aggressive against the Chiefs. So that explains what happened on that first drive breach. Then after that, you sort of talk yourself out of it. You say, well, if we get three points, maybe the defense can stop him. He's banged up. Patrick Mahomes is he has the bad toe. You can't let yourself fall into that trap. You talk about the, the field goal at the end of the half, and then the, you don't get the ball to start the half, then you come back down to kick another field goal. You're basically wasting 10 minutes of time to keep the score even. You're not making up any ground on the Chiefs just by trading field goals. I mean, who's winning that? Once again, what would Andy Reid do? So let me ask you about this. So It's pretty amazing that you keep coming back to Andy Reid, by the way, on this. Like Andy Reid for years was the like, know, right? the guy who perpetually screwed up like in-game situations. And now he's about to be the guy that has a chance. Well, he has a chance to win two Super Bowls in a row. In large part, Patrick Mahomes helps, but he doesn't care. Like he is not turtling up. For the longest time in Philly, the thing was he threw the ball too much. It wasn't that he was too conservative. So the, the score was 38-21. The Bills were trailing with four minutes to go. And some people thought that going for two made sense there to cut the lead to, uh, to cut the lead to 15. I, I was confused. Like, why don't you kick it there and make it 16? They got the onside kick, the ensuing onside kick. So instead of it being a two score game, 16 points, it's now a 17 point game because they didn't get the two point conversion. Yeah, I think you need to know if you're gonna, you need to know. It's the same thing as like, you, like, you're better off having the knowledge that, um. I get that. I understand that. But if you're. Yeah, I do agree with that one. Cause you're down 23 points. So if you're going to score three touchdowns, you need at least two, two point conversions. And I don't always agree with the, you want to know it as early as possible. But if you absolutely have to get three scores, if you're going to fail on one of those two point conversions, you want to be the first one. Because what if you score that last touchdown with a minute left? You don't get it. It's game over. If you do that in the third quarter and you already didn't get it, now you know you still need three scores. So I think in the third quarter, this was the right decision because they were going to need quarter. Well, they were going to need a two point conversion on two of the three touchdowns. And that's assuming the Chiefs didn't score again for the rest of the game. I don't know. I, I get, I understand what you're saying, but it's the fourth quarter, four minutes to go. It's either going to be a 17 or a 16 point game. And then you recover the onside kick. It's a three score game. You have the, the onside kick. Yeah. You know, cause you missed it. The two point conversion. I, I, I think, I think to your point, Ryan, what happened of what, what happened is that Sean McDermott is in this game against his mentor, against like the guy, you know, the guy he used to work for against Andy Reid, who's might, Andy Reid might, this sounds crazy, but Andy Reid might be the best coach in football right now. That's not, not like not crazy. That's not crazy at all. Like, I, like just in this moment right now, Andy Reid might be the best coach in football, like better than Belichick this year. No, no, not for, not for, not for Belichick, not for their careers. This year, I said, though, I would just right now, if you were like, you got to pick one coach to win one game. Yeah. I'll be taking Belichick, but you, I mean, Andy Reid has been I all. I mean, do they both have a Mahomes on their team? Are we saying that the, the one has John Watson, really the other one has Mahomes. One has Chad Henney, the other one has Mahomes. Uh, but, but, but my point being is that like, I think what happens when you play the Chiefs and we've seen this in many games over the last two years, particularly in the playoffs is that you're playing your game, 
You got a nine nothing lead. Things are kind of going your way. You're getting some of the breaks and every, you're not playing perfectly. And then boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden they just put up 21 on you and you're, I mean, like, I think you just get flustered. And it's, I like, it's like dancing around the, the, the ring with Mike Tyson in the first round and he doesn't hit you. You're like, oh, I'm in this. And then you get the boom, right. boom, boom and you're laying on your back looking at the, at the lights wondering what happened. Right. Exactly. It's everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. And they got punched in the face a bunch of times. Right. A lot. And well, the other, the flip side. So Ryan, if they had kicked the extra point and been down yeah. 38 to 22, they wouldn't have bothered to kick that field goal at the end because it wouldn't have been an option. No, no, but they still have gotten the onside kick in the very next play. They would have recovered it and then it's been a two score game. That's my, that's my, where I'm, why I was confused. They went for two. I understand knowing and I get that, but I think then if you can make the field goal to make it a two point game, I don't know why you wouldn't do it when it's a 17 point difference with four minutes to go. That's my, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, 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 I find the, the math to, to back it up. So I, I was, I know Breach somehow knows this stuff for some reason. Okay. It, I mean, it, it it's, was, just, it's just mentally you, the, what the coach feels comfortable with. That's it. It's also like it didn't, it didn't, it's just, I mean, they, it felt like they were getting their like pants beat, like they were getting the crap kicked out of them. Yeah, but they still would have been down 16 points with the ball at the 50 yard line where they covered it. I mean, that you have to feel decent about that as opposed I, to. I don't think they're anticipating getting the onsides, but yeah. That was a great, by the way, shout out to Tyler Bass for two really good onside kicks. Also, the, he kicked the longest field goal in the history of Arrowhead Stadium. Longest playoff field goal, 51 yards, and he did it twice. Two 51 yarders. Where'd that get him? Uh, it got him a bunch of points and hit the over on my lock of the week. Tyler Bass over six and a half points. Wilson, weren't you watching HQ Sunday morning? So now Miami of Ohio is out. William Mary's out. Where'd Andy Reid go to college? Uh, BYU. Oh, that's right. And BA went to Virginia Tech. So it's BYU versus Virginia Tech. Wow. Mormons versus a bunch of Redbirds and what are they? What's their mascot? Uh, the Hokies. The Hokies. The turkeys. Yeah, the Cougars. <laughs> the Cougars and the turkeys. Well, clearly uh, the Cougars win that, don't they? I mean, Cougars always win. Stephon Diggs did not have a great game. He was having a moment at the end there. I think he was so frustrated that he he was ready to start throwing haymakers. By the way, uh, down low shout out to Josh Allen for being so frustrated he threw the ball in that guy's face. I love that. That was awesome. I By understand. The way. That was his most accurate pass of the How night. How did three penalties offset one penalty? That's fine. Just no, it's not fine because <laughs> the under and you need it. <laughs> oh, I see. I didn't care. I mean, in terms, of, I, no one should have gotten thrown out. But if you need it for gambling purposes, that's a, that's fine. But I understand right. Josh Allen's frustration. Shouldn't like one penalty and a and from one team and a, one penalty from the other team absolutely should offset. That makes sense. One Here's penalty. the thing. I Ooh, think one. How does that offset? I think Josh Allen was right to be flagged. I don't think number 57, because Josh Allen likes to flop. Hey, uh, hey, by the way, hey, Musa, Joe Musa, our pal, What's you want to come in the chat and hang out? We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. You, you don't come in here and badmouth Philip Rivers, pal. Right? Oh, thank you, Joe. What do you say? Both teams would be better off with Lip Rivers. <laughs> you know, you know, don't come in here and badmouth Philip. I am so upset. That he has retired, Philip Rivers, and we never knew to call him Lip Rivers. Oh, that's brilliant. Well done, Mr. Musso. Yeah, Joe's the best. Um, Lip. Old Lip Rivers. Anyway. Lip Benson. That's your new name. Lip Brinson? I'll take it. Lip, no, no, Lip Benson. Lip Benson. Whatever. Sure, whatever. 
So, <laughs> he's in the YouTube chat. If you want to chat with it, I, yeah, you know what, Muso, you're not even verified on YouTube. Get out of here. So it could uh, be a fake Joe Muso. It could be a fake one. Could be Joseph Muso. Is he my? I, I actually, I banned from YouTube, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so if you look, the Chiefs. Are you surprised that the line is only three, given how the Chiefs looked in this game? Well, here's the thing. Like, I've been talking about and. Someone tweeted at us about this, and right, rightfully so. A Chiefs fan tweeted at us. He listens to the podcast. But how I've been saying for months that the Chiefs always win every game by one score. They look like the 2019 Chiefs in this game, and the the Bills look like the 2019 playoff Bills. So which Chiefs team is going to show up in two weeks? And, you know, our old saying, Andy Reid off the bye, makes me a little nervous. But the other thing is Tom Brady, you can't beat him. So I don't – I think the spread is pretty spot on. It's three funny when we started, uh, when that spread came out it was three and a half. So it's already been bet down into Tampa's direction. That's what we're talking about, Brenton. Do we think that, uh, maybe there's some juice now because the Buccaneers are playing a home game? This is a home game for Tampa Bay. And is that three point that reach? Now? That could be, that could be why it's only it, three and a half. Three. And now people are deciding to pound Tampa Bay's line because it is, they are the first team in NFL history to play. A Super Bowl at their home stadium. I think what twenty thousand people is that what it's going to be? Twenty two thousand, and we're a talking about that. seven thousand are going to be first responders. Seventy five hundred first responders, with roughly seventy three hundred of those from the greater Tampa Bay and Florida area. And we all know this because we usually go to the Super Bowl. But if you're Tampa Bay, and also if you're the Chiefs, Chiefs have to travel. But if you're Tampa Bay, you don't have to do any of the media stuff. That starts on Sunday night before the Super Bowl. You don't have to stand around for three hours when people ask you stupid questions for five straight days. You're doing Zoom calls. You can do that at home in your underwear. And that that's probably a lot less stress for everyone except Gronk and, and Brady, who've done it before, and to some extent Bruce Arians, who probably doesn't carry the way. But I think that's a huge um, home field advantage that Your you're advantage. Not, not really talking about because no one thinks – like. Fans during the week don't probably think about what goes on. I mean, the week is exhausting for us just because we're out of shape and have to walk everywhere to go to all these press conferences. But it's probably mentally exhausting for these players who aren't used to doing that. And as Danny Cannell pointed out on HQ, if you're a professional athlete, you're used to routine. That's the whole point of your weeks during the season. You know what happens on each day. And it's a weird week. And I think that that advantage is sort of built in to the pandemic football this year. By the fact that, you know, virtually the fact that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are actually playing at home. Well, I'll, I'll ask this though too, though. Like, don't you, do you, don't you think the Bucks will probably get a, um, uh, team hotel? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, I don't know what their routine. I would imagine they go like, the I, night I guess before. not because like the Chiefs and the Chiefs aren't even flying in until Friday. The thing is though, I don't know they're if they're going to be, are not flying in until Saturday. That's crazy. The day before? Day before. That's. Oh. So that's good for them too, in terms of like the the media availability, just doing Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah. There's not going to be any. There are, so, yeah. Well, and that's the key is you get to treat it like a normal week because you know like the, you're talking about the Buccaneers really because most of those guys don't have Super Bowl experience where there is kind of the shock that comes with Super Bowl week and you see it with the players like they got the bright eyes. Yeah. They're at media night and they're like, "What are we doing all here?" Having, they hold their phones out taking videos. I mean, they don't and do that during a typical week. I'm giving them piggyback rides because we're doing uh, oh, scavenger hunt. 
for the Pick 6 podcast. Things are getting crazy, but they don't have to worry about that because like you guys just said, it is you're doing Zoom calls the whole week, which you've done all season. It is literally a routine week, probably until you walk on the field. So this is as normal as any player is going to feel before a Super Bowl ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I have to imagine that, like, although here's the thing, and I guess it's late enough for my family's not awake to hear this, but like, oh boy, well, I mean, if you have to stay at home all, like, you, you know, Tom Brady's used to go into a, a like a team hotel for a week, you know, and you're holed up at a hotel and you're preparing in a different kind of way, and I'm not twenty thousand. He has a twenty thousand square foot home. He can find a little. Private time to He's do. He's got to deal with Antonio Brown's iguana farm that he moved into his house. Iguana farm is that true? I, but I, true. Exactly. I mean, exactly. The reason I had to ask him. This, sure. is, this is Brady's tenth Super Bowl, only the second time he has been an underdog. The that was time. the uh, oh, the first one, obviously. Greatest show on turf was favored by. Four. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just saying that, like, you're you're dealing with. I mean, Ryan, we've talked about this. You know, sometimes. Uh, spouses of people in this industry don't treat your job as seriously as you would prefer. I don't think Brady has that problem. <laughs> I would assume Tom Brady didn't have that problem, but like, you know, his kids like, dad, will you play switch with me? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, dad, let's throw some football outside. He's like, uh, I got to really break down this film. I would assume they'd probably give him kind of a break because it's the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that it, it, like for somebody as, as regimented as Tom Brady, somebody well, is somebody made it work for eight games during the, the regular season. He'll be fine. I'm just saying that it's a totally different setup than he's ever had for the Super Bowl. That's all. I mean, probably in his favor. Now he can have maybe liability stuff going on during the week. He doesn't worry about it. One fun fact and a quick trivia. Fun fact. First time ever that the two quarterbacks from the past two Super Bowl teams that won the game. Oh, I'm yeah. saying this all wrong. The two past Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have faced each other in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And. But- the two past winners quarterbacks are facing each other in the Super Bowl. Yes. That's crazy. It's crazy. And then number two, Patrick Mahomes is the fourth quarterback to make two Super Bowls in his first four seasons. Ooh, is the fourth? Fourth. You guys know the other Obviously three? Tom Brady's one. Tom Brady is one. Um Dan Marino. Dan Marino only made one Super Bowl ever. He is not one. But it was his second season when he was the MVP. John uh, Stop, right? John Elway. No, he went to three and he won two. That's right. We, Ryan, let's think through this. So Super Bowls, um, it's not Big Ben. Right? He went no five. How, what, how many years? First four seasons. First. Four oh, yeah, it is Big Ben. He went. Oh, Russell Wilson's one. Russell Wilson. There's three. Oh, five and oh, eight. Oh, eight was his fifth season. Dang it. Ben missed the cut. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, he did. Um, because you don't have to win it, you just have to go. You just have to go. First four seasons. Uh, is it somebody older? Is it? Is it or no? Tom Brady played against the fourth oh, answer. Warner. Kurt Warner. Oh, that's pretty good. I got all four. Hey, Kurt Warner. Oh, Kurt Warner did go. Yeah. Yes, Dan Marino, but that was all on Brinson. Yeah, I didn't help on that one. Good job. Yeah. And Brady also faced Russell Wilson, so he's been a big part of the. He's the chain that keeps all this together. That's insane. So four guys have made the Super Bowl twice in their first four years. Tom Brady played against one guy. Tom Brady's first Super Bowl was against the first guy to ever do it. 
And now it's possible Tom Brady's last Super Bowl will be against the fourth guy to ever do it. It is insane. I mean, that is wild. This guy just keeps going back to the Super Bowl, which is <laughs> why. Uh, by the way, uh, Tuesday's episode, early Super Bowl betting preview, Kenny White, the great Kenny White, will be joining me to uh, to talk about it. But uh, before we get out of here, we got to do winners and losers. If you're listening or watching in the YouTube or Twitch chat, leave your winners and losers in there. And we'll, uh, maybe we'll mention them or throw them all up on the screen. Um, you know what? I'm going to go first. Screw you guys. What? Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a huge winner. Um, actually, sorry. No one's going to. What's that? No one's going to take that from you. That was a layup. I mean, somebody was going to say Tom Brady, right? I can go in a different direction if you want. I wasn't. No, I already got mine. You guys won't guess mine. It's, uh, Matt LaFleur. Kevin King. <laughs> Breach, what's your winner? Oh, I mean, Tom Brady's the winner because he's going for all the reasons we just named. What are you talking and about? Maybe more importantly, he switched teams. I think, in my opinion, that he got tossed to the curb by the Patriots. That Bill Belichick said, I don't want to deal with Tom Brady. I don't think he can win a bunch of games anywhere else. Um, I think he's going to go. You know, good, best of luck to you, Tom, but I can't be a year late on you. We're going to move on. We're going to recalibrate things in New England and re-kick the dynasty. Pats missed the playoffs, and Tom Brady is heading back to the Super Bowl. Even though it doesn't affect Bill Belichick's career, 100% there will be think pieces about Tom Brady making the Super Bowl. He's the first player to ever do it, first quarterback to ever start in his home stadium in the Super Bowl. I'd be unbelievable that they are, that they're doing this somehow. It's unbelievable. Uh, my winner will be the other conference title winning quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. We spent all week talking about his toe, talking about his concussion, talking about his injuries. I don't know if he was 100%, but if he wasn't, I feel sorry for the Buccaneers because I don't want to know what a 100% Patrick Mahomes is going to look like off the bye. Uh, Mahomes threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns. The Bills had no answer for him at all. They had no idea how to stop him. It was a bloodbath. Patrick Mahomes is my winner. My winners, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Antonio Brown was out of football for nearly a year until uh, Tom Brady brought him back in the fall, moved in with the Iguana Farm, as you mentioned. He's going to the Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell took a year off, took less money to play for the Jets. Uh, he couldn't have had a worse experience in New York. Was uh, making rap albums and jet skiing when he took his year off. He's going to the Super Bowl. Neither had well, AB has contributed something, but he hasn't necessarily improved that Buccaneers offense. And it, uh, Le'Veon Bell hasn't really done anything either. Don't matter. One of those guys can have a Super Bowl ring in uh, a two weeks time. That's right. Uh, a couple of winners from the chat. Eric Bieniemy. That's a good one. Certainly, you know, like the Chiefs' offense went off. Uh, John Legend's giving him shoutouts on Twitter. Uh, Russell Wilson is a winner or loser. We said was it? I don't know. If it, we all want. Do y'all? Did y'all have to leave CBS on after the game? But Russell Wilson was a guest to the the question that Breach was asking earlier. I would. Oh, oh, right. That makes more sense. Well, Russell Wilson was just on the late late show with James Corbin. Corbin. It was very bizarre because they, you know, like Corbin does all these like zany skits and stuff. He was having Russell, Russell Wilson was in the back of a car with the window rolled down. Was it carpool karaoke? No, no, no. It's it like something I've never seen. I've, I, I don't know if you, you might have noticed me being distracted. Um, and Corbin, so Corbin is over by this. Corbin. His name's Corden. Corden. Look, I mean, thank you, Ice Bananas. He works at CBS. His name's James Corden. He's from Great Britain. Am I saying, is it Corden or Corden? I call you Benson. Yes, Corden, D as in David, Corden. 
Okay, I'll copy that one. I thought it was a B. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I was saying Corbin. Okay, so Corden. Whatever. Um, I'll send him an email and tell him I'm sorry. Uh, so anyway, James Corden is having Russ is in the back of his car and he's riding around in a circle around this like hamburger stand out in like a parking lot. And the windows roll down and Corden is just bombing food and milkshakes into him. And he's trying to hit him as many times as he can. And Russell is complete. I can't believe he's going along with this. He's completely coated in like French fries and chili and mustard and like soaking wet. And then afterwards, Corden comes over and dumps a strawberry milkshake on his face. And Russ is like, ha, 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 ha. this is so great. It looks like he wanted to kill him. Uh, um, did you I'll, actually hear any of this or were you just watching it on mute? On my TV. I was, I was like, no, wait, was it on mute or, or were you watching it with a sound or was it on mute? It was on mute. Okay, that's a big, so you don't have context. I'll start my losers, that story. (laughs) (laughs) You're up, Brethren. You're doing the losers. You go first. Uh, Let me grab a loser from the uh, chat. Loser, Brinson. Loser, Benson. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, Oh. I mean, I think you can, ooh, I know, uh, folding table mm. vendors in the greater Buffalo area. Mm, tough so they were thinking we are about to sell a crap ton of tables to Bills fans who are diving through them, smashing off. Also, uh, alcohol purveyors in the greater New York area. Cause you're thinking, yeah, baby. Bill's Super Bowl. We're gonna. These people are gonna drink a billion dollars worth of booze, um, and instead it didn't happen. I will say, you know, Buffalo. I don't know if the shine feels off the Bills, like rising as a contender, but I do think that there's, in the same way that we talk about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson dealing with the Chiefs, it it, it does feel like, man, like Buffalo, like, oh, you you got you're gonna have to figure out something to take it up a notch to get to another level past the Chiefs because that, that, that just wasn't it. I mean, the Chiefs are just a different team than everybody else. Buffalo looks like they're legit. I mean, they're they're a they're a viable contender. They're the best team in the division for a long time. But, man, it, it's hard to imagine them just, like, dominating Kansas City in a head-to-head matchup. Rich? Wait, so your loser was what? Who's <laughs> a Bill thing. <laughs> Just being the Bills fans or the Bills? <laughs> tables. Tables are the losers. <laughs> People who sell folding tables in Buffalo. <laughs> Wait, what? What's your loser? <laughs> well, I heard the whole Jack story. Breach was going to take the Bills or Josh Allen or somebody. But I, no, I was going to take at the beginning of the chat. What did someone ask? They said, Brinson, because I got my hair cut. They're like, why are we having a live chat with Matt LaFour's brother? And so I am, of course, picking – my fraternal twin brother as the loser. You are kicking a field goal. You have an MVP quarterback in the NFL in your back pocket on fourth and goal from the eight-yard line. You have two choices. You let Mike Pettin's horrible defense back on the field. It was gifted three interceptions by Tom Brady. Otherwise, they did not stuff the Buccaneers all day. Or you let your MVP quarterback go for a touchdown. Instead, you kicked a field goal. I, that wasn't even an option, and somehow that's what you decided. Uh, and you know what? It, it's whatever. If the analytics said it was an even decision, that doesn't matter because what happened is you lost Aaron Rodgers' faith. You picked 
special teams. You picked the defense over Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers was not happy. And now you have to deal with an unhappy Aaron Rodgers for the next, what, how long's offseason? Six months? Next six months. That's not good. That's not uh, good. Kevin King would also be, somebody mentioned him. I was, that was, that's it. That was the loser. He's the loser. I think they dressed up a picnic table and put number 20 on it. Maybe that explains why Kevin King couldn't guard anyone. I mean, Kevin uh, King, awful day. My, and he's a free agent, which is not great. Uh, my losers are conservative play calling. So to piggyback off what Breach said. So in addition to what he described, Matt LaFleur, also Sean McDermott's curious decision making with kicking all those field goals. Um, you're not going to beat the Chiefs by kicking field goals. You could kick 50 field goals in a game. You're still going to lose by three touchdowns. Uh, and the, the coaches who weren't conservative turns out they, they won games. Uh, we know about Andy Reid and what he's done in, in all the season in recent weeks as well. And, um, with, uh, Bruce Arians, you know, dressed up like that. Oh, what? <laughs> Joe Musso says he looks like he's, he's, uh, dressed up like he's going to Coachella, that, that outfit he wears, which is a perfect description of what Bruce Arians is doing. But Bruce Arians going forward at the end of the first half with that bomb to Scotty Miller. Those are just the little things that come back and work out. Maybe it doesn't work out in that play. And as Breach noted, it'd have been a fourth down game over, half over, six seconds to go. I got a touchdown out of it because we, the, the aforementioned Kevin King didn't cover anyone. So, uh, losers are conservative play callers. Please spend the offseason NFL coaches figuring out what you should do in critical situations. Call me. Call Meet me. Up, call me. Or do what Wilson always suggests. Just go to your local university. Someone will spit out some sort of formula for you and, uh, they'll make you not look silly in the national stage. Embrace the nerds. What are you laughing at, Bryson? Tom Brady just tweeted out his like W uh, video or whatever. You know, uh-huh. after every win, he tweets out a W and then a, a video, and it's him. I yeah, playing bad. Remember when he did that with Super Gronk and they played like you know? So I was like, we ain't go where nowhere. We ain't go nowhere. We can't be stopped now. I don't know that. All right, I'll check that out. <laughs> Ow! Ow! I don't know how this Twitter thing works. No, how do you not know that song? Do you know that song, Breach? Yeah, I know it. Everyone knows that song. Going nowhere. Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. yeah. But he, the look on his face is is like, it's a pretty good, like, he's like, I told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all these avocados going to work. He wasn't wrong about that. Loser Benson after that for singing the Bad Boys for Life. Loser Benson. I'd love I love that Benson's taking on a life of its own. It's enough of the Benson stuff, folks. Come on. Lip Benson. Um, Brady's face. I can watch this a billion times. All right. Let's watch it after the podcast. And he's with Gronk, and Gronk's pulling up his shirt. Let's get out of here. All right. We're bad for the wife. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 